Thanks for tuning in to the Glossy Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Manoff, and today I sit down with Nicole Miller, co-founder and CEO of her namesake fashion brand. Now, the last time I saw Nicole, I was shadowing her during her company's model casting call for New York Fashion Week. Now, the industry has been flipped on its head since then, so I wanted to check back in with Nicole to see how she and her company have adapted since the onset of coronavirus. Thank you for being here, Nicole. Oh, great to be here. Nice to see you again, <laughs> even at long distance here. Nice to see you. Where are you right now? Oh, I'm home. I stayed in New York. I think I'm the only person that didn't go to the Hamptons. Everybody's gone to the Hamptons but me. <laughs> I mean, I am not in the Hamptons, unfortunately. I, too, am in this city, but I hear you. I have, I'm have. i jealous. Everyone's kind of uh, getting some fresh air and having room to walk and breathe, I guess, but we will make do. I just felt like too out of touch. So, I, you know, we've been um, <clears throat> working you know, with all our teams and all the employees and everything every day and having meetings on uh, Microsoft Teams. And I don't know, I just felt if I was out of town, even even though a lot of them are out of town, a lot of my employees have gone home to their parents or they've gone out of town. And so we're all communicating long distance from all over the place. But I just felt I would feel out of touch, even if I was (laughs) in touch. (laughs) I get that. Yeah, for sure. Tell me, I don't know Microsoft Teams. So you're not on Zoom, you're on Microsoft Teams. What is that? Oh, it's it's great. I mean, we just um, put this program into place in uh, February. And because the news from China, we, we were actually had planned to work with this, but we sort of accelerated the process when the news from China was so bad. And so everybody in, in the company had practiced already in Microsoft's team. And um, we have different teams. You can make a lot of different teams. You can post all your pictures and all your work. Um, you know, you have like chats and everything. It just, it's worked so beautifully and everything is housed there. And we did a practice sessions before the whole city was shut down. And then, you know, we were like ready to go immediately. Yes. So um, when March 16th, I guess, or March 15th, we all had to go home. Um, we had everything in place. Amazing. Are you checking in daily? How often are you chatting with your team throughout the day, I would guess? Well, you know, different teams at different times, but my design team, uh, I meet with um, two times a day in the morning and the afternoon, and then I meet with other teams, you know, as, as needed. Um you know, between marketing and social media and, um, uh, you know, e-commerce, all the different, all the different areas. And, uh, <clears throat> so yeah, it, it's great that everything's so centralized and that we can, um, you know, stay in touch so easily. Totally. Tell me about your design team and what they're working on now. I know, um, I've been hearing a lot of rumblings about the fashion calendar kind of being shaken up. Um, are you kind of on schedule in terms of what you would be designing, uh, as you on a typical year? Um, well, it's interesting because this year we were trying to push our deliveries farther ahead anyway, or our, our creative process ahead. Uh, not, not that the deliveries would change, but we were, you know, planning, planning them farther in advance. So we were a little bit ahead of the game, but um, in that respect, but the thing is it's sort of had to really change how we get things made because we had a lot of domestic um, sample making and my sewers are all at home and we sent them with a bunch of work, but we're actually out of work <laughs> to send them because <laughs> there's nobody okay. to cut the work and, and whatever. And we've been doing pattern making long distance and sending patterns to China. And um, the designers were all working on pre-spring and spring. 
But I think, you know, the, the whole fashion calendar is going to change. I mean, there's not going to be any fashion shows in September. I mean, or digital. It'll be digital. I'll be, I'll be online. But I'm sure we're not going to have, you know, a big tent situation like we've had in the past. I mean, you know, the fashion industry is really going to be dramatically changed by all this. Absolutely. Your spring merchandise, things that are maybe should be selling now, is that all? Are you doing a sale? Are you? Do you plan to roll out summer? Well, the thing is, what we did is we... um we cut back like all our overproduction that we could. So things that, you know, we were sort of like maybe produced a little excess of, we just sort of did pretty much cut to order. And, you know, we really communicated well with all our retail partners um, to make sure that we were working well with them and they were all taken care of. And uh, what we did is um, we did not do any big promotions because I think this, you know, with these big promotions are gonna end up just hurting everybody. And so we were, we managed to sort of coordinate everything with our retail partners and we did one sale of like 25% off and it was just for, you know, a couple of days. But other than that, we haven't been promotional at all. And I don't have a lot of exposure out there. So I, I think this is going to be good for us in the long run that um, we haven't had to discount a lot of merchandise. And so for our future deliveries, we also, you know, cut them very close to the to order. And I'm feeling like optimistic that you know, everybody will be starting to come out again in May. And hopefully yes. people will be itchy to, you know, wear clothes and dress up. And, you know, so. um, and one thing, you know, I have not had to um, furlough or um, let go of any employees. We've kept all our employees. and um, That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, we've really been trying to keep the company um, going. Um, and we're really sort of gung-ho for the future. And, you know, returning to uh, some different kind of normal, but we're, we're, we know it, we, we want normal to come back. And yeah. And if we don't believe in that, is that going to happen? So we have to believe yeah. in that. Outside of employees, uh, haven't made employee cuts. Have you had to make cuts um, outside of, uh, like you said, product, uh, kind of downsizing the collections? Where else have you had a cut? Or is that maybe um, you're okay for now? If it goes on for longer, the cuts will come. Well, we've cut off any unnecessary expenditures, you know, we've cut off anything that, you know, maybe was just a little bit on the frivolous side or whatever. So, um, you know, we've just been very careful about where we're spending money because we want to make, you know, the key thing here has been keeping our employees working and um, they are all working from home and from wherever they are. And, you know, that's been really important and to keep them going. and. Um, so I think, you know, I think, I think I'm hope, hoping optimistically that <laughs> in another month, this will be on, on its way to, uh, you know, getting better recovery, Absolutely. recovery within a month or beginning yes. of recovery. Come on, baby. But I have to, you know, and I think, you know, it, it's, it's been an interesting thing and I've been through, you know. 9-11 and I was in, uh, you know, the recession and, you know, we've been through a lot of things in New York. And I mean, this is really kind of the most disruptive thing we've ever been through. But, you know, our bank IDB has been very supportive. So um, that's been great for us. And then, like I said, we had this team thing in place. And then, of course, we're actively, you know, working on social media and trying to communicate with our customers. And we feel like, you know, we want to keep our customers engaged and keep yes. them, you know, interested in going forward. 
Yeah. When you mentioned your bank, what's been going on with, I, I know like uh, there are loans and there are grants and what, what opportunities have you had to maybe take advantage of or were you allowed to take advantage of? Well, there is the, um, you know, the big um, government one. And I think a lot of people are applying for that and that we did as well. And uh, <clears throat> I think there was a deadline. So we, we managed to submit our application. So we're in the, um, you know, we keep getting updates from them and we're, I guess, in the waiting process to hear what happens. Awesome. Talk to me about how it's been working with those um, wholesale partners. Had your spring merchandise maybe already hit the stores before they maybe were cutting off deliveries? I know they're not kind of accepting product in some cases. I mean, people I talked to were not Nicole Miller, but (laughs) (laughs) I mean, um, are are they accepting your product or did it hit maybe before then? Well, I think it's, I think it's split down the middle because I think, um, a lot of it was arriving just at the beginning of all this happening. So people were still accepting things. And um, then, you know, then I think it caught off, of course, you know, with our, our reps and everything, everybody has been talking to everybody. I mean, I think the main thing has been communication. And we've been trying to talk to everybody on an individual basis. And certainly we're accommodating terms and, you know, we're making it easy for them to get through this. And so, you know, Everybody's delayed payment, right? So <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> so, you know, I think I think we've just been, you know, trying to deal with each customer on an individual basis. And if it's a great customer, obviously we want to go forward with them. And so we want to make it as painless as possible for them. Yeah. Um, up to now, has your have your sales been uh, what percentage would you say wholesale versus direct, maybe through your website and through your stores? Um I would say maybe it's, you know, 40, 60. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, I, I really don't have like an exact amount, but the um, the web sales are definitely growing and, and going up. And um, we've been really working hard on engaging with the customer there. So um, I think that's everybody's looking to direct a consumer right now. Everybody's looking at that and thinking that's going to save them. But, you know, it's a crowded room out there. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of websites and there's a lot of, you know, multi-brand websites and there's, you know, a lot of things out there. So you really have to make yourself important to your customer. Yeah. If maybe you were moving direct to, direct to consumer, would you say uh, this has accelerated that? Um, maybe um, you want to continue, put more focus on um, after all of this than you had prior? Well, I think what we're doing now is we're developing a different merchandise mix because I think I was probably, you know, everybody, I mean, I'm known for for cocktail dresses, I think, in a big way. Yes. But I also, I mean, my best-selling category is blouses and tops. And so even though maybe people don't automatically think of that, that is my best-selling category, which is perfect for today because everybody is, you know, dating from home. We did a digital <laughs> dating, <laughs> a digital dating story. Um, so you can d- dress up to be, you know, on a digital uh a digital date. Um, is this happening out there? I don't even yeah. know. <laughs> well, the Get world doesn't that. stop. You know, people still have to meet people. True. So, <laughs> so anyway, I mean, blouses are going to be huge and tops are going to be a huge category for us. So um, that's one thing we're really strong in. But we're also going to be developing, you know, more casual because everybody is very comfort ori- oriented right now. And so, um, you know, one of my friends just said, oh, I just bought your leggings online because you know, everybody wants to be comfy right now and feel good. And, and so I think that whole area, we're going to expand quite a bit going forward. 
Awesome. When did you initially launch that sport category or active wear category? Oh, we've had it for years, actually. Yeah. 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 So kind of lean into that. Is it, so is I it think pretty just, easy? But it's been more um, It's been more just strictly like athletic, like more workout clothes, but we're yeah. going to be having more just, just sort of stay-at-home casual clothes. Awesome. Will that be a big shift in terms of your resources and uh, kind of just moving, you know, no, no. I think, you know, I have a, I have a lot of resources all over the world and they're all very flexible. As a matter of fact, when this all happened, my factory started making masks for us. So, you know, I mean, these, these factories, they, you know, some of them specialize in knits, some of them specialize in wovens, but they're all very accommodating to different, different kinds of projects. I saw that you were making masks. Tell me a little bit about that and kind of, um, why, how important it is to kind of actively contribute to to kind of helping helping at this point. Well, I mean, there's such a shortage of them. Number one, so we imported um, like twenty thousand uh, surgical masks. So we've right. been giving those to um, actually to people that are more under the radar, uh, not the obvious ones, because there's been you know some uh, like disabled hospitals, hospitals for disabled people and um, pediatric wards and things like that, that, you know, that are not COVID that desperately need the masks. And these are not the N95s, but they are very good masks. So, so we've been donating those around as, and also I've been making a lot of masks myself. (laughs) (laughs) I made a whole, whole pile of masks this weekend. So are they chic are, masks? They have to be chic. Yeah, they're really they're print. Of course, they're print. They're very chic. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, the ultimate mask. Yeah. <laughs> if we have to wear one, I think that sounds great. It's going um, to be it's going to be a fashion item and I think we are going to be wearing them for a while. I mean, I agree. I, when the restaurants open up, everybody's going to be like, <laughs> Yeah, and can you imagine going on the subway like I'm going to wear a mask? Heck yeah. You know, we should have gotten on the mask thing sooner. I really, you know, because I had to go on a trip. So I've actually been wearing masks since the, um, towards the end of February. I started wearing masks. Yeah. And I've been wearing them all along. So good. Especially, you know, going back and forth to work, I was, was wearing my mask. So, uh, I mean, I, so at the far, time, people probably looked at you like, what's going on? Well, you know, <laughs> even, even at my fashion show, a, a friend of mine wore her mask at the fashion show, and, and that was like February 8th. So, I mean, she was really on it early, you know, and that's, that's when we should, when all this news was coming, we should have been wearing masks. And absolutely. Yeah. It just, if for nothing else, you don't touch your face. Yes. But I'm (laughs) sure. You're not kidding. I'm sure it blocks a lot of germs too. So. Yeah. Tell me what you learned from, uh, you have factories in China or um, business in Asia. What what you maybe learned from seeing what was going on there, maybe road roadblocks that you saw with your business so early on. How did that kind of help you? Um, first of all, navigating that in itself, I'm sure was another whole chore. Um, but how, how did seeing that kind of uh, play into what you're doing now? Well, it, it was so crazy was that it was tacked on to the back of Chinese New Year. Yes. So we always plan for Chinese New Year's, which is like, you know, three to four weeks of downtime. So we're always like, okay, well, let's make things in, you know, some other country at that time or whatever. Let's get our fabrics in from Italy or fabrics in from India or whatever. But, and then, you know, then China will be back on board by what, February 15th. And this year, China was not back on board when it was supposed to be back on board. It was, you know, I had another, 
um, you know, three or four week delay. And just when things started to get bad it, back bad here, I was surprised yeah. that China opened up as soon as they did, but probably because they all wear masks. <laughs> <laughs> lesson learned. Did you, I've heard a lot of folks saying like a lesson that they learned from all of this is the importance of like diversifying your, your supply chain or maybe having factories in various parts of the world versus uh, kind of in, in one area. How, do you think that that's oh, be yeah. a shift for you? Well, I mean, I always try to keep things balanced because, you know, first of all, Europe shuts down in August. So you always know that you've lost Europe for August production. Um, yes. And then China shows shuts down for the four weeks in either January or February, that kind of thing. So I'm always trying to bridge that gap anyway. So I'm a little prepared, but I mean, this year, Italy was out of whack at the same time as China. And they're my biggest fabric supply chains. So, so, so I was losing both at the same time. And then well, I thought, well, I'll use this time to make more leather in India because I make a lot of leather in India, but then India shut down. And then, so everything was shutting down one after another. So yeah. But fortunately, by now, China's back up and running. Okay. Thank goodness. Yeah. You will get your fabric. <laughs> you will get your, your pieces. Tell me, you mentioned Fashion Week. We talked Fashion Week. Probably not going to happen in September. You're open to the idea of a digi digital show or what do you think will happen and where, how do you foresee yourself kind of uh, tackling a show? Is well, the show still important? See, what I think is going to happen is everybody's going to be super creative at this point. Everybody's going to do something like super clever. And, you know, maybe they'll, you know, photograph it on like one model or, I mean, like a fake model. You know, I think they're going to see a lot of like digital innovation at this point. I think people are going to be very creative how they show their shows. But we had all the time to plan it. <laughs> so and, much time. And the show must go on. <laughs> yes. For sure. Do you have a kind of a network, other designers, other founders that you kind of talk to and bounce ideas off of? Or are you guys chatting on Microsoft Teams <laughs> somewhere? Well, you know, I mean, I've got my my group of friends out there. And I don't know. I mean, I've been so overwhelmed with just internal things. I've mostly been um, communicating with like my staff and in-house people for the yeah. most part. What are you finding? Do they, are they most wanting uh, reassurance? Uh, are you finding, I mean, I know depending on a lot of fashion brands have a very young staff that maybe hasn't experienced a quote unquote crisis uh, of any magnitude. Uh, what's been kind of your management strategy or approach, I would, would you say? Well, I mean, just it's, we try to just, you know, business goes on. Work goes yeah. on, and and we have to just keep our head head above water and try try to stay sane in all this, and and keep coming up with clever ideas and and being creative and keep moving forward until you know we're till things open up again. I mean, everybody has to. Um, I mean, I have to be a bit of a cheerleader to yes. some extent to make everybody think that everything is good and everything is going to be okay and we're all moving forward and everything's going to be great it's just like you know we're just going to get through this we're going to get through this and we're taking it one day at a time and you know originally totally. when we got this um little hiatus here i really thought we'd be back in the office april 15th i figured four weeks and now april 15th is looking like may 1st but may 1st might be may 15th so it's yep. um you know and i've uh, Oh my God, I've done so much cooking because I mean, it's one of my hobbies. I like to cook. So I've been doing cooking videos also on my Instagram 
Yes. And, and um, so that's been kind of a fun little side thing for me because I'm, I'm, I'm a very do-it-yourself person. You know, I did some tie-dye the other day. <laughs> Amazing. I made masks. I did some cooking, whatever. <laughs> so I'm always doing something. And I had great plans to read all these books during this time period. I have not read a single book. You are busy. I know, have I've you been, always? I'm, I've just you always, always like to be doing stuff. So totally. Have you always been so out there, or had your your face? I noticed that your face is turning up. Um, it seems more often in your social media on your Instagram. Has that is that newer? Is that uh, um, uh, I guess because you have to because maybe influencers that you're not aren't as, or photo shoots aren't as readily accept accessible. Oh well, no, I felt. Um, I don't know why I wasn't in it more before. And I finally, you know, felt I, every time I put myself in there, I got a lot of likes. And so I was getting like a good reaction. So I said, well, gee, whenever I put myself in there, they all seem to like it. So let's give them more of me. <laughs> yes. And they're liking the cooking. <laughs> yeah, the cooking has been popular. I've got um, blackened swordfish coming up this week. Oh my gosh. I love it. What are you finding that the customer wants to hear from you other than they want to see you? Obviously they're liking it. They're engaging with that content. I saw on your website, uh, you maybe had, I think it was just called a letter from Nicole and you really just like laid out, uh, you know, your, your company's approach, uh, the state of the company. You're, it seems like you're being, you know, very open and transparent, transparent more than ever. Uh, is that how you would describe it? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's really, it's part of our, you know, whole, whole um, engaging with the customer. And, you know, I think it's really important for them to see that, like, I am a real person and also that I am a real designer and uh, pseudo chef. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I like it. No, but I, I think it's, it's, um, it's really important for them to, um, you know, feel that it gives me more authenticity if, if I'm there. And, and if they, they see me more and see what I'm doing. Yes. Are you leaning on your uh, your employees as well? Or what are you doing? to Is 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 it all on you <laughs> to kind of come up with content? And also, on my shoulders. <laughs> yes. Have you tried uh, TikTok or any other any of the other channels besides No, I'm going, I'm going to, but I want to make sure we do it right. So, so I haven't done TikTok yet, but yeah. We're going to. It's in the works. <laughs> Coming soon. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I like I know. it. I know. It's, it's really, it's really super clever. Definitely. Um, yeah. But anyway, so, um, no, my employees are like super important to me because they're always coming up with great ideas and they're always like pitching me great ideas and all the different teams, you know, they have their own little chat, you know, and they're like, oh, you know, we had this idea and that idea. And the funny thing, because we just did a post and they called me the leopard queen in response to the... No, Tiger King. <laughs> and that was totally, that was totally their idea. They said, Nicole, we want to see you like all dressed in leopard. <clears throat> and I actually didn't have any leopard pants, but the, the idea was you no know, leopard top, leopard pants, leopard shoes. But anyway, I did that with a leopard top and leopard shoes anyway. But I so mean, you're up for anything. <laughs> so yeah. So they're always pitching me ideas like that. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> nice. I like it. I mean, now's the time, I guess, to test things, try things out uh, for sure. Have you tried an Instagram live where you're chatting? Uh, yeah, a live segment. Now we're going to do that soon. We're going to do that. Um, yeah, this week, I think. Amazing. Well, tell me about kind of your plans for 2020 going into this. Maybe you were planning to launch a new category or you were planning to do something that's maybe on hold or maybe just um, how would you describe projections in terms of sales versus where you think they'll end up 
I mean, who's to say, but how have you kind of tweaked the goal? Well, I think this is what I was talking about earlier and, and trying to become more of a lifestyle brand and all of that encompasses. So giving our customer, you know, a broader range of um, things to choose from, from different areas in her lifestyle. And, you know, I'm thinking like adding that whole um, segment will certainly boost sales for us. Um, I think, you know, we just have to be into other areas and they have to um, come and see us for other things than they, they were thinking. I'm not just there for your party dress. I will dress every area of your lifestyle. Nice. Do you, is it up to maybe the CFDA or does somebody need to come forth and be like, you know, the seasons are getting back on track. We're dropping, we're dropping uh, collections during the season, maybe as it should be, or for somebody to kind of, and maybe somebody to support, anyway, the designers at a time like this, does the CFDA need to kind of step up or who should the fashion designers, the fashion well, community look to? I don't know. They, they always have a lot of disagreement amongst themselves, but I mean, I think everybody is really in agreement about where now, and we really need to not be shipping winter coats into the middle of July. And certainly not this year. Nobody's going to buy a winter coat in July. Um, So I think we're going to be adding additional merchandise um, that was just designed and made, um, you know, like with a four-week turnaround for the summer. So we'll have brand new, exciting things. Because I think people, like in June, are going to want to dress. You know, they're going to want to sundress. They're going to want to dress to, you know, maybe all parties will be outdoors. But... (laughs) they they are definitely going to want to, um, you know, wear something to make, to, you know, feel good about themselves. You know, I think clothes make you feel, feel good. And I think everybody's going to need that uplift and to put on something that gives them that uplift. Definitely. And then with your wholesale partners, do you feel like, um, er, I want to say you have kind of more, (laughs) more power going into this. Will you, will you put any other, I've been hearing a lot of talk about like the purchase order needs to be more like a contract. Will you put any other, uh, I don't know, restrictions or uh, he, will you be more hesitant to again, uh, accept a large order knowing it's kind of uh, rocky or not as guaranteed as it used to be? Um, I think that's going to be like on a case by case basis again. I, yeah. Um, but um, I, I think if it's a partner that we have a good relationship with, I don't see that that's going to be an issue. Yeah. And you're not going to change your tune on sales. <laughs> Forget it. Sales <laughs> are not going to be a part of the equation. No, I mean, I'm not major sales. No, we'll have like, you know, small sales, limited time, you know, and that's it. Right on. So big takeaways for the fashion community. Do you think that um, the consumer behavior in general, or do you think that Obviously, I've been hearing right now people are only buying essentials or comfort loungewear, something to make themselves feel good at home. Maybe it'll move to like a heavy discounting period where they want the cheap stuff. And then maybe long term, I don't know how long, they'll come to really crave quality and they'll want things that last quality, sustainable clothing. How would you describe it? Well, I I totally agree. There's been a lot of talk about that, that... um, and certainly we're working with a lot of sustainable fabrics and that's always a big issue of ours is, is finding like good fabrics that are sustainable. Um, but the other thing is, um, yeah, I mean, I think people are going to want quality versus, versus quantity for sure. And, uh, I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, 
I've talked to a lot of my friends and they don't feel like shopping. They, they really don't. They're just, um, they're also so down and they, but I don't know. I've been shopping. I, you know, I've been, <laughs> I've been shopping. You have not been wearing I, your pajamas. I know. I, I bought so much stuff last week. I bought, actually, I bought a, a beach dress from a girlfriend of mine who does a beach line. Nice. And then I, um, I bought sheets. I bought candy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I bought rubber bands so I could do more tie-dyeing. I love that you're doing tie dye. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah, I've been buying like a lot of a lot of stuff here and there. Is anything selling that is maybe uh, not in the loungewear, activewear? Uh, something unsurprising, like you said, blouses. Oh, maybe yeah. from dating. I, you know, they sent me today the best selling thing on the web, and it was a skirt. What? <laughs> yeah, it was a skirt, and it was um, it was pretty flowers. It was green and pink flowers, so it was kind of like very happy, but it was a skirt. I mean, at least it makes sense. Happy. I wonder if like Gigi Hadid or somebody, an it, an it girl wore it. <laughs> we just don't know. Well, then then we'll totally sell out of it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Oh my gosh. Well, this is awesome. Um, I can't wait to see what you do at Fashion Week. I think it's going to be creative. I hope there's some tie-dye. <laughs> Any parting words uh, to leave us on a hopeful note? Yeah, it's it's going to get better, everybody. I, I promise it's going to get better. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Awesome. Nicole, thank you so much for your time. This is great. Oh, you're welcome. Great to talk to you. That's all for this episode, which was produced by Pierre Bienname. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. Please head to the review section on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast to give us a rating and tell us what you think. Thanks for listening to the Glossy Podcast.